emergency alert system, and that keeps us safe in dangerous times because when cell and Internet services are down, AM radio might be your only lifeline. Now text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Text AM to 52886 today. Something sweet is now on My Deals. Get $60 worth of gift certificates to Icing for Isaac for only $30. Icing for Isaac is a whimsical boutique bakery. They offer a beautiful garden room that is perfect for meetings, remote work, or catching up with old friends in a peaceful environment. They also offer a kids' room, a safe space for kids to play while you catch up with other parent friends or relax with your own treat. Head over to MyDealsFortWayne.com to get your deal. Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at hoopyfieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in everybody to a week five edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. My name is Justin Kenny. Man, it's the midway point of the regular season. As we kick off tomorrow night, four weeks down after tomorrow night, four weeks left. I mean, tomorrow, the middle of the season. It's so much has happened, so much still to get to and to figure out and to break it all down in very nice detail to kick off the show. Our buddy, Mr. Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net. Evening, Dan. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Doing well, and when you look at the first four weeks, Dan, we're a month into the season. Is there a surprise or surprises for you through the first four Fridays of football? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look a couple places and see some surprises. The fact that here we are week five, uh, the ACAC, uh, you know, still a little bit jumbled up. We'll get some clarity on that tomorrow night. Uh, the Northeast State incredibly jumbled up um, some clarity on that tomorrow night, but still in, in weeks to come. And then even in the, the NECC where, you know, we thought we had probably some of the best clarity of any conference going into last week. And then we see Garrett, uh, you know, kind of come out of nowhere and ways to beat Lakeland and kind of has uh, changed that NECC big division uh, last week. So, you know, the, the surprise is that we don't have a lot of answers. I think we got a little more last week. But even in a game like Leo New Haven, you know, I don't know that we got a lot of clarity on which one of those teams is the better team uh, in that mess atop the Northeast State right now. When you look at the Northeast Corner Conference, two teams jump out to me for the wrong reasons. Angola 0-4, Cherubusco 0-4. I think when we're talking surprises, that's up there considering the success of those programs. Yeah, for sure. Definitely some growing pains for both those programs, both very young teams right now. And I think that they're gonna definitely going to have the opportunity to right the ship uh, throughout the year, uh, Chair Busco does get a chance against uh, against a also 0-4 Prairie Heights team tomorrow night. One of those teams is going to come out of it, so a really good opportunity for them probably to to be able to right that ship. Uh, and Angola has a tough one 
uh, against Lakeland, but a Lakeland team that may be on a bit of a hangover. I think in the long term, uh, you don't panic for those teams when you're looking at uh, you know the next couple of years. Uh, but for this year, yeah, definitely the 0-4 is a surprise teams that are traditionally competing for those division titles. Wanted to ask you, Dan, about the games coming up tomorrow night, the big one in the area, Carroll and Snyder. These are the two teams we felt like the SAC would come down to this year. So far, that has been the case. And based on what we've seen through the first month of the season, how do we break down this matchup and what to expect at Spoiler tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, a traditionally a great game in the last three years. Uh, you know, the teams, or last two years, rather, the teams have just three regular season losses between them. Uh, and so two of those, obviously, Snyder losing to Carroll in the regular season those last two years. So a great game. Uh, I think the real thing to look at is can Carroll be tough up front? Snyder's run game has been fantastic. Um, Jariah Buchanan has been great. Kieran Billingsley has done a tremendous job at quarterback of, of reading the defenses, taking off with the ball. But a lot of credit has to go to that Snyder offensive line, too, as much credit as their defense is getting. So up front, they're tough, but they're also tough, that defensive group. Uh, Lucas Rohrrocker leading the way for them. So Carroll's going to have to be able to win in the trenches, and they've shown some, uh, you know, issues, I guess, a little bit protecting Jimmy Sullivan with their offensive line. Uh, their defense has given up some big plays. So that battle in the trenches, Carroll's really going to have to be tough up front on both sides of the ball because Snyder's been that way. So uh, it could be definitely a, a big get-back game for Snyder after Carroll's had their number the last couple of years. When you look at the Panthers and defending, that, is it as simple for the opposition to stop that running game or slow down? A, is that possible, at least from a team locally? And B, is Snyder more than just a really, really good running attack? I think they're good uh, as a running attack and really, really good. I think that they're more. I don't think they've really had to show what they can do. I think that their passing game is a little underrated. I think that Kieran Billingsley, uh, because he has the ability to read the defense so well, uh, he's a, basically a direct snap running back a lot of the time and how they've used him. But I think that their passing game is a little underrated. So I think that they have more than that offensively. They just haven't had to show it so far because of how powerful the run game is. And, you know, I don't think we're surprised by that. I think we knew that Uriah Buchanan was going to be able to do what he did or has done throughout the season. Uh, but I think also a little surprising because they did lose uh, a running back to graduation and another running back to transfer. So, uh, right now they haven't had to show their full card up front uh, and on offense, but maybe that's something we see them have to do more tomorrow night. Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Dan, maybe a game sliding under the radar in the SAC tomorrow night. Homestead and DeWanger over at Shields Field. Bishop DeWanger had the two big ro uh, losses in the non-conference, and then they went to Carroll and looked okay for a half last week before Carroll pulled away. I feel like these are two teams that are trending in different directions because we, we counted Homestead out the first two weeks, then they beat Wayne in convincing fashion in week three. But this is a week that, and a win if DeWanger can get it, that would kind of uh, silence the doubters for a little bit and conversely really, really be a big boost for Homestead if they can go on the road and knock off the Saints. So I think this is an interesting game that's not getting a lot of pub in the area because of Carol Snyder. Yeah, I think that the, the biggest issue for Dwinger right now is that outside of that north side win that they had, they haven't been able to do much with opposing offenses. Uh, and that north side game, you're remembering uh, back in week three, Bronte Johnson wasn't back. Um, it was it was a difference maker for them that north side's offense uh, has struggled uh, to find, you know, kind of until last week, kind of struggled to find their stride. 
So Dwinger's defense has been struggling, and Homestead's offense has not. Um, you know, going 41 points in week three against Wayne, 48 points last week. Uh, in the SAC, Homestead, as they've started 2-0, has looked really good offensively. And so I think that the big question there is can Dwinger – uh, stop the big gains from Homestead, especially on the ground. Looking over to the Northeast 8, Dan, coming up, the big game in that conference tomorrow up in Kendallville to be Leo and East Noble. The Lions trying to recover after that one-point overtime loss to New Haven last week. While they did fall in that game, they erased a double-digit deficit in the fourth quarter. They took the Belmont, or excuse me, New Haven to overtime, and despite falling in that one, trying to bounce back. Meanwhile, East Noble trying to pr prove that they belong in the conversation in the NE8 atop the league. And so what kind of game should we expect? Do you expect a up-and-down type game that we saw with Leo or New ha and New Haven last week, or do you expect maybe a little more low scoring up in Kendallville? You know, I expect it to be back and forth. I do expect it to be more low scoring than 42-41, than but – you know, East Noble is a team that can exchange scores with Leo. They can jump up on Leo. They have that ability. Tyson Reinbold's been really good on the ground. Xander Brazel has been solid, and we've seen this year uh, now with him having some, you know, years underneath him, being a veteran quarterback, the difference he can make. Um, but Leo is definitely a team that you have to be wary of. They're obviously capable of making big runs. Uh, they did it last week. They were down 20 to nothing. Justin, you and I were both there. The game was essentially over. That's the way everybody felt. Uh, my son, who goes to Leo's <laughs> student section, texted me. Everybody felt that the game was basically over, and Leo pushes back, and they push back again at the end. So while we've seen teams go up big on Leo, the runs Leo can make, the big play abilities of the Landon Hepners, of the Brock shots, of Caden Hurst, who we know in my, now, at least we should know, don't kick the ball to, <laughs> it changes the game. It makes it an even playing field for Leo. So even if you're grinding it out like East Noble can do, like they did against the Cowboys last week, Leo's always dangerous. Dan Vance outside the huddle.net joining us here, talking about the ACAC, Dan, now, and it's Heritage and Adam Central, the big one in that league coming up tomorrow night down at Landing Strip in Monroe. This is the game that, that, that we've been looking forward to this season in terms of Heritage getting a shot at AC and then Bluffton later on in the season. Heritage has looked very good the last couple of weeks, shutting out Woodland, taking care of South Adams, but that game being played at Adams Central, does Heritage have what it takes, Dan, to give Adams Central a game and potentially knock them off tomorrow night? You know, I think that they have a chance to give them a game. Uh, it's hard to say that anything other than the fact that the ACAC runs through Adams County the way it's been the last several years, Adams Central the last couple. I think something that hasn't been talked about enough is I've read, you know, social media, I've read, media about this game is does it benefit heritage that they played a game on this field last week they visited they were the visiting team against south adams but the game was played at adams central so now you're a heritage team that's going into a field that you're familiar with that you played on last friday night does it make a difference that they can know the nuances of, of the of the field there at the landing strip that they are used to playing despite the fact that they play home games on turf they played on this natural surface last week. And I think that's a, a question mark that a lot of people haven't been talking about. Is Heritage more prepared for this game than normally would be because of the fact they had to play South Adams there last week? Uh, and I think that it, it benefits them significantly that, you know, they played weeks two and three at home on turf. And then last week, instead of playing at South Adams on turf like was planned, 
They got to play on this natural grass, and they got to play at Adams Central, and I think that's a big benefit to Heritage that they got some reads on this field last week. Are we just taking Adam Central for granted at this point? Are we almost kind of just hoping somebody can match up to them when we look at, at this team in AC and, and maybe not just judging Adam Central? Is it another dominant football team, or are we, are we just kind of hoping that somebody can, can give them a game? Because I feel like that could be the case, but maybe in terms of the teams they've played, we haven't seen them tested like we hope Heritage can. Yeah, I think that absolutely that uh, it's hard to say it because they, we give Adam Central a lot of credit. But, yeah, I think we, we do take them for granted a little bit uh, how dominant this program has become. You know, back-to-back state finals appearance is not easy. I don't care what class you're in. I don't care what conference you're in. Uh, and they've made it look easy. This is a team that since 2014 has only lost three games in the season twice. Uh, they won eight and nine games those seasons. So they're they're just a dominant program. And so I think that – it's possible we take them for granted in the fact that we look at a heritage or a Bluffton and say, okay, well, can they match up with Adam Central? And maybe we give them a little more attention because, like, yeah, we, we want to see if anybody can get there. This, that Adam Central has set such a high mark that the intrigue uh, has become less about how dominant Adam Central is and more about can anybody else reach that level that AC has been able to be at. We're a month in, Dan. It's still early in the season, but we are at the halfway point when we uh, finish up tomorrow past the halfway. If we're looking at teams that are starting to separate themselves in the sense of looking at them and saying that team could make a run in the postseason, that team is a state contender. Are there any teams that are standing out to you in this area, or is it still too early? Well, I think that uh, you have to you stay in the ACAC. You have to look at Adam Central. You have to look at them as a team, especially if they get through Heritage tomorrow night um, and do it convincingly where we're really like, okay, maybe this team's going back to state uh, for a third year in a row. I think that Bluffton is definitely intriguing. We want to see them tested a little bit more uh, than they've been tested. And so, you, you know, you look ahead to the back-to-back weeks at Heritage and then home against Adam Central. If Bluffton puts off good shows in those, even if they don't get wins, is Bluffton a team in 2A where we're like, okay, now maybe they can make a run past just winning a sectional like they did last year? Um, and I also think that you have to look at Snyder. They've just been so good so far. Um, and if they can avoid hiccups, you know, Carroll's definitely the biggest test. But we look at Carroll and Homestead the next two weeks as the only true test for Snyder, I think, in the regular season, um, that we have to look at Snyder and, and maybe be able to be a team that could make a run uh, towards state in 5A. Dan, before I let you go, I'm going to hit you with a basketball question. I know it's right up your alley, but I'm catching you off guard. But Byron Pickens uh, moving down to Indianapolis. His wife is taking a job down there and exiting the semi-state last year, falling to Flory Badunga and Kokomo in the semi-state. And this was a team that poised to be the best team in the SAC, at least on paper, to start the season. They're poised to maybe make another deep run in Class 4A. Um, How difficult is it now for Wayne here in September to regroup and find a head coach and and have you heard any mutterings do they promote from within potentially to try to keep that that uh continuity but uh, i imagine it's kind of a, a scramble mode for gary raber and, and wayne over there yeah it probably is i mean i've heard the rumblings of promote within in which they have a great staff there anthony brewer greg patterson uh you know long timers on that staff that are are familiar and i've heard rumblings that it's going to be from the outside so it's definitely uh definitely an interesting situation being this late you're going to get somebody that comes in uh that is either going to be possibly a name 
that we recognize that would be great for them, or it's going to be within. And, you know, that's a great opportunity, too. When Byron Pickens took that job coming over from Northrop, it was great to see a young, hungry coach, uh, an experienced coach in the terms of he hadn't been a varsity coach, an opportunity. Um, and so I think it's definitely a, an intriguing one and a job that a lot of people have to be interested in. Like you said, they're very good. You return an Indiana junior all-star and Javon Lewis. Uh, you return Preston Comer. You return Trey Dillard. You return Chase Barnes, who's a, probably a Division One basketball player. When all is said and done, he's still got two years left. You bring over Kalen Williams-Thomas as a transfer. They're going to be very good. Uh, it's definitely an interesting situation, but a unique one in, in September. Um, but ultimately, me as a, as a basketball guy here in Fort Wayne, hate to see uh, a talented coach like Byron Pickens, who really relates to his players, uh, leave the area. But uh, an awesome guy and an awesome family, man. So understand his decision, and we always in the area wish him the best. And, Dan, you, you have coaching experience. You have coaching experience in the city. How important is it to have good, solid assistant coaches for something like this to happen to kind of keep the team together and keep them moving forward at a time like this? Oh, it's critical. It's critical you got guys that, that not only care about the kids, that you have guys that can relate to the kids, um, that can, you know, like you said, kind of keep it together. Uh, it's a time of uncertainty for us that cover the area and wondering who the next Wayne coach is going to be. It's a time of uncertainty for those administrators figuring that out. Uh, but it's a big time of uncertainty for that team, too. They're, they were looking forward to making that run. They're still looking forward to making that run. So to have assistant coaches, guys that are still relating to them and talking to them and, and keeping their minds right uh, as we build up to find out who the next coach is at Wayne. All right, buddy. Appreciate the time. Thanks a lot for the insight. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks, son. That was Dan Vance of Outside the Huddle.net joining us here as he does each and every Saturday, or excuse me, Saturday, Thursday evening here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a break, come back. Everything Luke Amstutz of the East Noble Knights. Also, we'll talk to Doug Dynan, head coach of the Carroll Chargers, later on in the hour. Another abbreviated show this evening. Have to make way for Tin Caps baseball pregame show starting around 645 as the Tin Caps are up in Midland, Michigan. Game two of the Midwest League semifinal series as the Tin Caps look to close out the Loons in two after taking game one at Parkview Field on Tuesday. So we'll make way for the crew up in Midland, Michigan, around 645 this evening. But before that, we're talking plenty of high school football. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Dot com. 
Are you ready to pack with power and precision? Packer Jack, your local packaging experts. From stretch wrap to banding, tapes to corner boards, and edge protection and PPE, we've got it all to ensure your shipments arrive safe and sound. We offer stretch wrap machines and battery-operated banders for ultimate efficiency and convenience. At Packer Jack, we take pride in delivering top-notch quality and exceptional service. Visit us today or online at PackerJack.com and experience the difference with the trusted packaging partner right here in the Tri-State area. Wrap it up with Packer Jack. PackerJack.com. Honest Abe Roofing is a different kind of roofing company. The best part was we got a quote, not an estimate, so we knew what we were going to pay. With Honest Abe Roofing, you'll always get a quote from the very beginning. Honest Abe is Northeast Indiana's quality roofer. The best materials, the best installers, and the only roofing company in Fort Wayne that gives customers a guarantee above and beyond any manufacturer's warranty. Oh, yeah. I definitely use Honest Abe again. Honest Abe Roofing. 286 Roof. What's crack lack in Indiana? Fred Grody here from Grody Mitsubishi. And this September, I've got disco fever. So you can get a groovy deal on a stellar Mitsubishi you love. Here's the skinny. If your old ride's a bummer, bring it to me. And I'll help you drive a nifty new ride for just $7 down. Oh, suki suki. So even if you're still making payments on your current ride, I want to help you ditch it and boogie down in a car you love. Because right now you can drive for just $7 down. But Fred, what if my credit's a little funky? Don't worry, darling. My for the People credit approval process is out of sight. We've got good vibes with the banks and lenders who want to approve you. So ditch your old ride and drive something groovy for just $7 down. I'm Fred Grody and I am a dealer for the people. Visit me between Lake and State on Coliseum. See all my rides at GrodyNation.com. That's GrodyNation.com. Peace out. Credit and $7 down required bank approval. Negative equity may be refinanced. Example, stock number R3910, $7 down, $199 per month for 72 months at 7.99% APR. Offer absolutely expires September 30th, 2020. I can't think of any way to improve upon the service that I receive. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. The office is always courteous. Gibson's service tech is exceptional in his attitude and performance and is friendly and efficient as he follows up and explains what he's done that day and what needs to be done if there's going to be a follow-up. Kudos to Gibson's for their outstanding service. Your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Gibson'sHeating.com. Tuning into the baseball game, monitoring the incoming storm, catching your favorite talk show. These are just a few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month. And did you know AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times? It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, efforting Luke Amsutz, head coach of the East Noble Knights. His team, their first real big test this year. 
in the conference. They, of course, hosted Snyder to in week two. They hosted Bishop Lures in week one. Absolutely demolished the Knights in week one. And then I think competed better than people are giving East Noble credit for against Snyder in that 45-28 to 28 loss. They couldn't slow down Snyder running the ball, but Snyder had trouble with that offensive front of East Noble. East Noble was able to move the ball pretty decent against Snyder. And Cordy hasn't been able to do that. Southside hasn't been able to do that. Even Warren Central at times could do it, but I didn't know if they could do it as consistently as East Noble was able to. But we'll try to get uh, Luke Amstutz on the phone. But Doug Dynan will join us, too, to preview that big one between Carroll and the Snyder Panthers coming up tomorrow night. That's also the high school football game of the week here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. As you can hear, all the action from Spoiler Stadium tomorrow night between the Carroll Chargers, Snyder Panthers, 7 o'clock kickoff right here with Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith on the call. There's been some confusion in the SAC with the new division format and what games count and what don't in the standings. So if you look at the Northeast Corner Conference, they have two divisions, a big division and a small division, which is kind of like what we're starting to call the SAC divisions, even though technically it doesn't work because Northside's in the small and Dwanger's in the big. But anyway, in the NECC, only the games you play against your division opponents, so intra-division games, are the only ones that count in your division. Okay? So five teams per division. So that means you have four division games, and those are the only ones that count for your quote-unquote division record. Everything else is your overall record. Initially, what how I understood it was that's how the SAC was going to operate. Just your division games count in the standings. But it's not true. And thanks to Andy Klein, the athletic director at Northside High School, for clarifying this. So all games count between weeks three and weeks nine. All games count for your quote-unquote division or conference record. So effectively, there are no division winners. Okay, NECC, you could have a big division winner, small, small division winner. There are no division champions in the SAC. It is just still best overall record in the in the conference wins the league and gets the victory belt. Okay, so if Snyder goes seven and zero. And they will then win the A division, their division, okay? The problem is, is let's use this as an example. And this could happen. Already in year one, this could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a, there's the, the lone undefeated team left in the quote-unquote B division is Bishop Lures. They're 2-0 and in the league. Now, they have to play Homestead and Northside to Wenger. But they don't have to play Carroll. They don't have to play Snyder, okay? Conceivably, Bishop Lures could go 7-0 and in the SAC, finish atop the B division, and be tied with Snyder or Carroll for the championship of the league. And then 
The SAC will break the tie if they can. So if they have two teams atop each division with the same record or the t- uh, two teams in the same division with the same record, okay, they will break the tie if they had a head-to-head matchup. No other league in the area does that. You tie, you tie, okay? Um, if, if, if New Haven and Leo somehow tie tops, top the NE8 and New Haven beat Leo, they won't break the tie. They'll just share it, which is silly in my opinion. The problem is, is and going back to my example, if Snyder finishes 7-0, Lures finishes 7-0, they have no game head-to-head, this year at least. So then they would share it. And I understand that. I understand that that can happen. I just, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to wrap my head around why we need divisions if there are no division champions per se. You can still keep the same format of two outside of the conference games and then seven conference games and rotate them without divisions. I understand that it's kind of trying to separate it so the B division teams don't play every single quote-unquote big school team every year. I kind of understand that, but that's the only reason the divisions make sense. So as we understand it, every single conference game you play between week three and week nine count. Now, the Northrop Wayne game in week two, that does not count in the SAC standings. So Wayne is effectively 0-2, not 1-2, because that week two game didn't count. Basically, neither of those two teams could find an amicable opponent for week two in the non-conference, so they played each other. So hopefully that gives you, because I know there's been a lot of confusion and conjecture and all this stuff. And I've even called up a couple of coaches in the SAC and they're like, you know what? Uh, we don't really understand it was, which that's a problem. If even they're, they're, they're confused on the format. So that is how it works in the SAC, the big game in the SAC coming up tomorrow night, Snyder and Carol. We'll talk to Carol head coach, Doug Dynan after the break, detail that one coming up here in a Hoopy Fieldhouse on 1380, the fan 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Field house is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Why? Why take a chance? Why risk a mistake? Why say something? We all have reasons why we choose to ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right. The word why can either paralyze us or empower us to stand up and protect what we love. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my family. I see safe for my friends. I see say for my students. We see say for each other. I see say because all of this matters. We all have something.
something worth protecting. A why that unifies this community we're all a part of. So protect your everyday. Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. Justin Kenny here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. We'll make way here in about 10 minutes or so for the pregame show for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Game two of the Midwest League semifinal coming up in Midland, Michigan tonight. First pitch around 7.05. Tin Caps look to close out the Loons. They are up 1-0 in the best of three series. If they can capture a win tonight, they'll advance to the Midwest League championship that will begin over the weekend. Tomorrow night, we'll have football here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It'll be the battle in the SAC between the Snyder Panthers, Carroll Chargers, and here to talk about it, Coach Doug Dynan of the Carroll Chargers. Evening, Coach. Evening. How are you, Justin? We're doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Enjoying the little freshman football out here. Beautiful weather, beautiful score, so all's good. <laughs> Starting to feel like football weather, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Coach, I know at least outside the program, we looked at that week one as always a, a rematch. I know HSC put a lot into it, thinking about it. But coming out of that game, did it impact your players, your team mindset going into week two or beyond, or was it business as usual? Because you guys have looked pretty good since then. Well, week one and week two was, was front-loaded on purpose. I mean, obviously, I mean, you know that by – the quality of the of the schools and matchups that that we faced, um, and that was designed so that we could understand the physicality that we have to play at, um, the speed that we have to play at. You know, it just it answers a lot of questions for you. You know, playing very very good football teams earlier in the year, um, and so you're in that mindset of needing to play at that level throughout the entire regular season carries into the playoffs, and so. Yes, a lot was learned. Um, yes, improvement was made. And I think that that's very typical for all schools. You know, there's going to be a, a big improvement from week one to week two, you know, but uh, because you're going through all summer and and then beginning of August, you know, against yourself and you don't understand, you know, how fast you have to play and the speed of the game and the physicality of the game. So, so it was very beneficial for us. And I can imagine coming out of those first two games, you feel more comfortable about, about knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are as opposed to maybe starting with a regular SAC schedule. Yeah, without question. Um, you, know, as, you know, as I said, you know, Hamilton Southeastern and, and Warren Central are, are very good football teams. And, you know, potentially, you know, even teams that we face in the playoffs on down the road. So, you know, it, it tells you a lot. And, and we understand a lot about our dynamics, you know, about our – the character of our team and the identity of our team. And coach, when you look at it, being able to execute that last week to Wenger hung around, but you guys were able to put him away in the second half. Take us through that game because maybe people expected that game to be a little bit more lopsided early on, but I think people are doubting Bishop Dwenger a little bit. And, and I think they put up a good fight with you. Well, they're, first of all, they're a very good football team. I mean, understand that. And then they, they ran the ball well, um, they came out and controlled the ball for, you know, several minutes on their first drive and, and drove down the field and only came away with a field goal. And, 
and that was positive. I mean, our, our defense, you know, played a lot of significant snaps, and, and they tried to control the ball, you know, understandably. And our defense, you know, held them out of the end zone the entire time. I mean, their, their score came on a blocked field goal. So, so that was big, you know, and, and we have to be able to play physical football like that. Coach Doug Guinan, Carroll Chargers, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, Coach, to manage the the schedule you guys put together, you need a lot of experience, and defensively in particular, Ashton Pasetsky's played played as advertised, Cam Lentz, Braden Steely. Um, you look at Will Jeffries, who got a significant amount of action last year, Justin Anderson as well. How pivotal has that senior group been for you defensively through the first month of the season? Yeah, it sounds very cliched, but you're you're only going to be as good as your senior leadership. It really is. And, and those guys that, you know, had Friday night experience for us last year, um, you know, have stepped up and have, you know, raised the level of everybody else. And, and that's what we ask for. You know, leadership is to, to influence, influence others to play at another level. And, and they have done that. Do you ever, us outsiders, we, we take the quarterback position for granted. Oh, it's Jimmy Sullivan. Do you ever take that position for granted because of Jimmy? Well, he's he's a very good football player. First of all, I mean, he's his skill set is is very high, and he's a, a very smart. You know, has a great football mind. Um, you know, he can throw it around the field. You know, he he has very good running skills as well. You know, we choose you know not to run him because we we'd rather him sit in the pocket and you know and throw it around a little bit. But you know, it, it's it's hard. You know. I wouldn't say we take him for granted, but, you know, we add into and continually broaden the package that we have, you know, because we do have him, you know, and it allows us to, 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 you know, broach those conversations of, you know, what is our capability within our receiver core, our offensive line that, that he can take us to another level. Coach, when you look at that skill position unit, it's not as experienced as it was last year. You have Hanson Hafner as that veteran there, but otherwise you're really bringing a lot of guys along. I know Nate Starks was around, of course, 1,000-yard rusher, but uh, how has that group of wide receivers and running backs come along? Because there have been a lot of new faces thrust into starting roles for you this year. Yeah, without question. I mean, we're we're young. We are. I mean, we've got you know two sophomore receivers that start um, – you know, we've got a sophomore offensive lineman that starts, uh, and and the and most of them, other than center and, and Hanson at wide receiver, are, the rest of them are juniors. And so, you know, that young group, you know, takes time to develop. You know, there's a lot of guys that did not have Friday night experience last year, and for that chemistry to be built, for them to understand the game, to understand coverages and and fronts and, and defensive schemes that you continually see. You know, it takes a little time for for that to develop, but they're doing a tremendous job. You know, and and our seniors, you know, Jake Wilson and Hanson are are leading that side, and and they're doing a tremendous job. Coach, when you and and the coaching staff look at some underclassmen and say, okay, we feel like this player is ready. When you look at guys like Mason Bauman and Jaden Van Pelt and uh, Eli Newhouser, the freshman, what what do you need to see to make you think, okay, he's ready to handle? Friday nights, or do you really not know for sure until you thrust him into that position? Well, you you can tell a little bit based upon, you know, how physical they will play in practice against, you know, varsity-level guys. You know, how how do they get off of, you know, press coverage? How do they get open? You know, do they play fast enough? You know, when they're running routes across the middle, 
you know, do they not have fear and alligator arms to be able to catch that ball? Um, and so that that's it. And, and it becomes obvious, you know, going against our own guys, you know, if they're ready, you know, if they're physically mature enough, and that's a big thing, you know, are they physically ready to be able to do that on Friday night against very, very, very good football teams? Speaking of being physical, we know how Snyder plays. We know what they've done this year. When you when you look at the priorities tomorrow night and, and what's going to be the most important, is it physicality? Is it come down to that when you're facing Snyder? Absolutely it does. Yeah, I mean, their, their offensive line is going to be very well coached. They're going to be physical up front. I mean, there's no secret that they want to run the football, you know, whether it be with, you know, the running back or the quarterback. You know, they want to control the clock. Um, they, they, they're going to manage the game well. Uh, they're going to throw play actions, you know, and try and put you into positions after running the ball, you know, try and stop the run, then play action off of it. Um, so the, those things are things that, that we have to account for. Those are things that we have to do if we're going to be successful. All right, Coach, I'll let you go back and uh, watch that freshman game and watch the, uh, the future varsity guys. But we appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night and a big one. Thank you very much, Justin. Appreciate all you do. That was Coach Doug Dynan of the Carroll Chargers joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Yeah, huge one tomorrow night over at Spoiler Stadium on the campus of Northrop High School. When you look at this matchup and said, man, is it, is it as, is it as uh, easy as it to say as it just comes down to physicality? And Coach says, yeah, it is. When you looked at what, at, at what Carroll was able to do last week, couldn't really run the football against Dwenger. That's a credit to Bishop Twenga, right? But you have to look at Snyder and say, well, Snyder's got a better defensive front, defensive front seven than Dwenger does. So how is that running game going to work for Carroll coming in tomorrow night? It's a good question. And then conversely, when you watched week one against Hamilton Southeastern and even against Warren Central, Jimmy Sullivan was running for his life sometimes. And you look at tomorrow night and saying, okay, can Carroll protect Jimmy Sullivan? Can they open up holes for their running backs when it starts? And conversely, can they slow down Uriah Buchanan and that really good rushing attack of Snyder? Because Dwenger was able to uh, get some yardage on the ground last week. Now, it wasn't a stellar average. It was like a little over three per, per, per run. So it wasn't dynamic, but they ran the ball a lot of times. Dwanger ran it almost 60 times last week. So when you look at this game, and I know so much is going to be on the skill position players, right? They're going to talk. We're going to talk about Uriah Buchanan. We're going to talk about Kieran Billingsley. We're going to talk about Jimmy Sullivan. We're going to talk about Nate Starks. We're going to talk about Braden Steely. But what this game is going to come down to, truly, is Snyder and Carroll in the trenches. Because the last three games have all been Carroll wins in this series. And why? Because Carroll owned the point of attack on both sides of the football. And that's what put Carroll over the top in this series in the last three games. Can Snyder find a way to regain that advantage? Watch for those matchups tomorrow night out at Spooler Stadium. That's going to do it for us. Everybody, appreciate you for joining us this evening. Thanks to... Doug Dynan, head football coach of the Carroll Chargers, joining us. Also, Dan Vance as well of OutsideTheHuddle.net. We have to make way for Tin Caps Baseball coming up pregame show in just a few minutes. 
right here on these very same airwaves tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, first kickoff at Spoiler Stadium, Carroll Chargers, Snyder Panthers. It'll be a good one. Make sure to tune in to Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith if you are not able to make it out there tomorrow night. We'll talk next Thursday, 6 o'clock. I'll be back. This has been the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Thanks for listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a a small group. The Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like Podcasts by Federated Media.